Hello and welcome to what is episode eight of Chewing the Fat um, with me, Phil Cobley. And me, Adam Furman. Uh, welcome to all of our um, regular listeners. Thank you ever so much for tuning in uh, and, and taking the time to listen to us. And for any new listeners out there, uh, welcome as well. Yeah. <laughs> we hope, hope you enjoy the show. Um, we've got a fantastic guest on this yeah. week. Really enjoyable. Um, yes, very, very enjoyable chat uh, with uh, Andrew Rathbun uh, yeah. from Kroll. Um, so we've got a, a great interview with him, kind of talking about um, a lot of the community work he does and the DFAR Discord server, yeah. um, which he administers and pretty much runs. Um, uh, and also talking a lot about GitHub and how you guys can help contribute to some of the fantastic projects he's in. Yeah, and you don't have to be a coder to contribute, and Andrew yep. covers that in great detail. And to be honest, I am completely unaware of GitHub. I've used it, I've you know, pulled code from it and, and yep. stuff, but I must get into contributing. Yes, so. yes, I'm, I'm very much the same. Uh, I keep promising myself I'm going to re learn more about Git and become better and more yeah. proficient at Git and, and GitHub. But... Um, it's time. Just, yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? So, um, yeah, one thing we realised doing our interview, which we'll obviously talk about, is that um, Andrew has created a, a learning playground yeah. on GitHub where you can just learn how to use GitHub. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is great. So I set myself some homework. No. You did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you set me some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've both got homework for the Christmas yeah. holidays. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, episode eight, obviously, we are recording this mid-December. So, um, yeah, uh, happy holidays and festive yeah. season. Greetings to you all as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, without further ado, shall we talk about some news? Yeah. Um, before we go on to the news, I want to say thank you for our nomination. Yes, yes. yes. Um, we had a nomination. Was it? Was it Kevin? It was Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Um, Kevin. Th uh, thank you ever so much. It was. I mean, I remember messaging him and saying, "Oh, thanks ever so much for for." The yeah, we're a big fan of the Start Me page that Kevin's put together. Massive so, fans. Yeah. Yes, uh, very humbled to have been included on it. Um, but the fact that he's nominated us for a forensic forecast, yeah, um, absolutely touched. Whether or not it goes anywhere, just the fact that we've been nominated, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so humbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was blown away. Never, yeah, our first year of doing a podcast, and we get we get nominated for it. So, um, yeah, and we have to say a big thank you. I think to yeah. all of our guests and all of our yeah listeners. for taking the time. Yeah, so everyone who's supported the channel and 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 supported the pod, um, thank you. So uh, yeah, quite yeah yeah. There's some feels going on there. There's definitely some feels going on there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good job it's not later on in the month, though. It'd be a yeah. little bit emotional. Kind of yeah. Yeah. But yeah, before mm. Phil wells up, let's mm. get on to some yes. industry news. Yes, yes, I'll hop back the tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cry. Um, okay, so uh, first thing that I wanted to mention uh, was the uh, OSDFCon. Uh, yeah. So the Open Source Digital Forensics Conference. Uh, happens every year. Um, it's usually hosted and run by Basis Technology. Um, Brian Carrier does does a lot of the work, um, and and his team of people. Um, uh, and that was uh, kind of right at the beginning of the month that happened. 
Um, if you've never dialed into it before or never listened to it, it is free to attend. Uh, with COVID and all that kind of stuff, they've gone digital and it's all online uh, with some fantastic talks and you can learn all about open source tools and projects and various other bits and pieces that are all going on. Um, uh, and yeah, the, the we'll put a link, um, it, as always, in the description. Um, but all of the press, or I don't know if all of them are, I haven't double checked, but um, a lot of the presentations are available to watch the recordings of. That's brilliant. Um, so yeah, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, Go there, get signed up uh, for information because they'll notify you when the next conference is going to come around. Um, and you can contribute. They do like an autopsy module competition where you yeah. can write <clears throat> modules and bits and pieces and things like that. So it's, yeah, really, really good uh, community and great fun. So That's good. Yeah, so just wanted to do a shout out for them. Um, also, uh, Ian Whiffen has done uh, a piece on art extraction um, and about SSHing into iPhones. Yeah. Um, Which is great. I, I think Ian, in, in the article, says it's not forensically sound. It's purely nope. for research. Yep. Um, purely for validation. You know, if you want to validate findings that have come out of tools or mm -hmm. that you, you've passed yourself, great. And yep. Ian's tool, Artex, is brilliant. It is. Yes. Yeah. It is really, really good. Um, and it's just nice kind of having a, a method of being able to kind of go in and have a look at these devices, which you can, with the majority of them, you can jailbreak them with check range. Yeah. And then use free tools just to kind of go in and SSH and stuff. It's great if you're being yeah. a bit curious and want to have a look and see how it's done. Um, and he guides you through it. So, yeah, yeah go and yeah, have a massive look. kudos to Ian again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then the next bit you flagged up to me, I wasn't aware of this. Um, I'm clearly out of the loop. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd seen it in the news and then um, we'd got an email from our friend Josh, mm -hmm. um, Josh Hickman. Um, Pretty much he was riding on the calm of the storm before it comes with Log4J yes. for anyone in sort of incident response. Mm -hmm. um, condolences. Yes, um, especially this time of year, just before Christmas. Yeah, um, they've given it the severity of 10, which I think has only ever happened like three times before. Yeah, I think there's suggestions that it's possibly the biggest data security issues for like the last decade or something. Yeah, um, but I found a great mm -hmm. analogy of it on um, LinkedIn. You did, you did, and you, you put it right here on my laptop so that I can read it. Yes. <laughs> Delegation. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, I guess I do it enough, so yeah, yeah it's my turn to, yeah. to, to do some work. <laughs> uh, so, so this was um, just a little piece from um, Rob Behrens uh, from uh, Manager Tech Security at Cool Blue uh, was was the posting. So it's all, all on LinkedIn, so you can go and have a look. Um so he says the, the log4j vulnerability explained for people without IT knowledge. Um, so he says, uh, my girlfriend asked me how bad this log4j vulnerability really is and why it's so hard to solve. She doesn't have diehard IT knowledge, so I tried to explain it in the most basic way I could, which, to be honest, I was quite pleased. Yeah, and, and I think this is a good lesson for anyone in sort of this industry mm. because you have, you've got a master the skill of being able to explain yes. digital evidence to layman, yes, you yeah. know, in a court. So I think this is a good way. So this is this is very topical on log for j and yes, yeah, and it's a really nice way if you're not actually if you're digital forensics but not necessarily security and IR and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You might not actually be familiar with this stuff. So yeah, it's it's good. Um, so he's described it as uh, there is this screw that is used in all types of door locks. The reason this screw is being used is because it is free and does the job very well. But it turns out that it can be easily uh, can easily be broken to get access to that door. 
The problem is uh, that it is not known which locks exactly use the screw. So everyone has to check every lock on every door they are using to see if it uses that screw and need to fix it. Yeah. Quite a bit of magic. Uh, as time progresses, it turns out it is not only door locks, but car locks, vault locks, etc. that are also affected. So basically, every lock worldwide needs to be checked to see if it has the broken screw. If it does, it needs to be fixed immediately. Yeah. Again, you're getting the picture now, aren't you? So some locks might not be easily accessible because they are in a house or building that has other types of locks and security. So they don't need to be fixed immediately, but you really want to do it ASAP because someone might come in another time. Yeah. Um, some locks can be replaced by the owner itself, but sometimes you are dependent on the manufacturer of the product that contains the lock. lock. The difference between the real and digital world is that in the digital world, attacks on the lock can happen from anywhere. The good thing is that replacing all the screws can also be done from almost anywhere and simultaneously. So, right. yeah. Brilliant. So I've, I've, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, so if you, really a good analogy, if you've ever kind of not done that kind of thing before for court and all that kind of stuff, just try writing something similar. Yeah, yeah. simple great. as that. Yeah. But uh, anyone who's going to be dealing with Log4j over the coming weeks and months. Our uh, condolences. Our condolences. We do <laughs> yeah. feel for you. Um, that's going to be one big headache. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, if you're not sure, if you're not familiar with it, it's all around uh, Java. Yes, it is a Java, it's a Java thing, thing yeah. yeah, which is why it's in millions and millions it's of things, things and, yeah, all over the place. So that'll be fun. Mm. Um, we'll put a link to the Hacker News article about it, yeah. um, actually, in the, the description. So if you want to have a read of that, and that links to other things as well, so go and have a look. Um, <clears throat> then there was uh, the SANS Cyber Threat Intelligence Conference, which is both in person and online. Um, the only reason I'm mentioning it, uh, it's in January 2022, so next month. Um, and it is, as far as I can tell, free. Best part. Yeah. Free. So, um, again, put a link in the description. Uh, go check it out. If you want to dial into that, it might be quite good. I should imagine there may be a Log4j presentation. I imagine that, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Cyber Threat Intelligence Conference might have a Log4j. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless people are sick of it. <clears throat> yes, maybe. Or maybe there's, it's the elephant in the room. They don't yeah. want to talk about it. Yeah. Just kind of leave it to one side, maybe. Um you start mentioning it and the whole room starts breaking yeah. down in tears, you know. <laughs> a bit like us with ISA. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and then last but not least, um, there was just a little fun... I, I love my little tools. I uh, love them a little... And we talk about GitHub, so this all feels quite relevant as yeah. well. Um, I found on GitHub a new little repo, um, uh, which is called logo-ls. If you do any command line stuff in Linux systems and LS standing for list, yeah. kind of listing out what's in the kind of directory that you're currently within. Um, Logo LS um, is just a simple little tool. You can download it, install it, um, and it allows you to do an LS command, but it doesn't just list it all in text. It actually adds little icons and logos yeah, next nice. to the artifacts that you're using um, that are relevant to the artifacts Nice. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, kind of in the terminal, get some little icons mm. and stuff appearing. But what are the icons like? Are they retro um, eight bit? Are they going to please bricks? They're, they're, they're kind of like covered line, kind of line oh, okay. diagrams. Yes. Yeah. So they're quite classy, quite contemporary. Nice. So I like. Yeah, they didn't. They're not like Windows ninety five okay. or Windows three point one or yeah. something. You know, pixelated nonsense. Yeah, they haven't yeah. been done in paint. 
yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't look like I have done. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll put that in the in in, in the yeah. description as well. So I just thought Sign that. Cute. We still need more entries for the sticker competition. We do. Yeah. We do. So we had a very good one from BFR Science. We did. Yep, very good. Um, but Martin, he's he's still done sort of the main one, hasn't he? He has. He has. Yeah. Um, he's he basically replicated the sticker. Yeah. Almost exactly. Um, all by his own hand. Yeah. And I'm. I think Kevin Bagano said he was going to do one, but we're still waiting for it. Yes. So, Kevin, um, thank, yeah, you for the no- thank you for the nomination. But, um, yeah, kind of pull your finger out, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where's the sticker? Come on. Yeah. Where's the sticker? Forget the nomination. Where's the sticker? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, um, looking forward to some more of those, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, if um, people get a bit of time over Christmas, then, you know, get drawing. Exactly. Exactly. It's as if it knew. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that the computer behind us went to sleep, sleep and just no. turned the screen off <laughs> <laughs> we've been relegated this week uh, this month into a very very small tiny little very yeah. very warm office um, so it's the very that, warm the fact that we're both in t-shirts um, maybe only t-shirts <clears throat> for those on video because we have yes. a table yeah. yeah so I'm not standing up <laughs> um, but yeah despite the fact that it's kind of like about three degrees outside yeah um, it's just so warm in here it's ridiculous so anyway, um, so that's the news. That is the news. Um, we do have the, our interview with Andrew is one one of our traditional kind of quite long goes chats. off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah we yeah. do have quite a long chat. Great laugh, lovely person. Um, thank you ever so much, Andrew. Um, but without further ado, shall we um, cut across yeah. to our special guest? Let's do that. <laughs> And here we are. Here we are with the uh, the man, the legend that is Andrew Rathbun. Yeah. Andrew, welcome ever so much to the show. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. No, thank you. Thank you. It's an absolute <laughs> pleasure and an honour to have you with us. Um, yeah, we're really we're really looking forward to this. Yeah, we've been trying to get this sorted for a while now. We have. We have. Andrew's yeah. a busy man. He is. <laughs> yes, we're finding out. Going to be even busier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have a, I have a slight suspicion that I'm going to be calling my favourite phrase of the show and saying "unconscious of time" because I imagine we're going to be going on a fair bit. So, yeah. That's so nice. it sounds like you've got a lot of projects going on that we're very, very keen to hear about. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I do a lot uh, with my very little free time. <laughs> having a, having a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And yeah, and father of a young child as yes. well. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, t- I tip my. If I had a hat, I'd tip it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, because well done to you, Phil. You don't have children I at the moment, and Phil always says to me, "Ah, oh, c- come on, on the Xbox, come and play a game." And I'm like, "Phil, I've got a toddler." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. I I haven't played very many video games the last three years. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I yeah I do forget about that sometimes. Yeah. 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 It's in my own little world. <laughs> not that I don't want to. It's just, yeah, you know, he's got other ideas. <laughs> yes. Yes. He dictates your time now. He does. That he <laughs> You're does. You're just a passenger in life. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Yeah. <laughs> and when you can play video games again, he's going to be better than you anyway. So you won't want to play. 
That's also true. Yes. It might take him a bit, though. It might take him a bit. Yeah. A little bit of training. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit of fighting talk there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Um, for those of you who are listening, uh, who met, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's that many who aren't aware of Andrew, because you're very, very uh, prevalent and, and kind of out there in the community and, and doing an awful lot. Uh, but Andrew is, and hopefully you can tell us a little bit about your background, but former law enforcement uh, runs the uh, administers the DFIR Discord server. So if you've got any questions about it, this is the man to ask. Um, associate, senior associate at Kroll Correct. as well, um, doing a lot of DFIR type stuff, incident response, things like that. Um, contributor to the community on GitHub, which we're going to hear lots mm -hmm. about later. Um, you do a lot for, am I right in thinking you do a lot for about the FIR as That's well? That's correct as well, yes. Yeah. Yep. So just, I mean, fingers, pies, lots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And I did it all to myself, I promise. <laughs> no one's forcing me. But hey, that's, that's the nature of passion projects, though, you know. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but um, yeah, for, for 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 those those new to DFIR and would you know, and, and for us as well, I guess I'm very curious. Um, how how did you find yourself from law enforcement into this wonderful world of crazy digital stuff that we now? Yeah. Have? So I've always liked technology. I've always been kind of a nerd. Um, and you know, as I became of you know age to go to college, well, first of all, I should probably say I went to the United States Marine Corps, uh, the military after. Um, after high school. And so I did a tour in Iraq. Uh, I was a rifleman. Um, so I was in combat for about seven months in uh, Fallujah, yeah. Iraq. And so I came back and, you know, obviously I had a lot of life experience as a 19 year old. Yeah. Um, mm. I really liked the training that I had. I, I liked our mission over there, you know, effectively world police for lack of a better term to oversimplify it. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I could do this at home and I could shower every day and have a hot meal and sleep in my own bed, I should become a cop, you know, because there were times yeah. when I was overseas when I didn't shower for 30 days because we just didn't have the infrastructure. We didn't have running water where we lived. Yeah. It was so dangerous. The log trains, as they call it, the logistics trains never wanted to come out there. They want to come out there as little as possible. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So yeah. that's when we would get our water refills, you know, our, our mail, that sort of thing. So Anyways, I'm like, yeah, you know, that was kind of a miserable experience over there. I could do this in my own country, and it would be a little bit better, <laughs> a little bit better, uh, you know, quality of life. So I, that's why I wanted to go into law enforcement. You know, I got my criminal justice degree, sociology degree, um, became a cop. Was so it the structure you liked? The structure of like, because when I joined law enforcement, I was ex-military, and yep. it was the same with a lot of the recruits. They sure. come from military. I think we like that sort of structure. Yeah, absolutely, we do. Yep, yep. Everything is uh, everything is very structured, discipline, uh, results. You know, that just kind of yeah. catered to my personality at the time. So, um, and plus, I mean, I was an 18-year-old going to boot camp, so I'm very moldable. So I am whatever they make me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's what they made me. So, yeah. It worked. Whatever it, it was, it worked. It worked. That's right. So... So, yeah, I wanted to go down that law enforcement path and actually come to find out um, my mom had a little drawing of when I was in kindergarten. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you, you know, draw some awful picture of what you think you want to be. And I drew a police officer. I did not know that until I was like, yeah. you know, already a cop for a few years. And she's like, yeah, I've had this this whole time. I'm like, so apparently I've wanted to be a cop for much longer than I thought I wanted to be a cop. Yeah. So. Anyways, I became a cop in 2012. Uh, I was on the road for four years. Again, I said I was nerdy. I was the techie guy on night shift, uh, the um, 
tech support, you know, at two in the morning when something's not working, they call me and like I have the keys to the building, you know, in terms of the, you know, <laughs> sysadmin capabilities. And I didn't, but I could at least get them yeah. a little bit further than where they yeah. were capable of doing that. Rinse and repeat yeah. that for four years, caught the attention of the administration. They said, hey, you are transitioning to the detective bureau. You're going to do digital forensics. So I'm like, roger that. So I did that. And I was there for three years before I left. Um, well, I did digital forensics part-time, so I was doing general cases, know your malicious destruction of property, larcenies, that sort of thing, as well as yeah. forensic cases when they would come in. So a lot of phones for like, you know, homicides, extortions, um, child sexual abuse material. Um, we did a lot of outside agency stuff. So it's not like that was happening at my employer. It was more kind of the tri-county area where those uh, cases were happening and they didn't have the resources to do digital forensics, so they brought it to us. And so that was really good yeah. exposure to some of those cases that we wouldn't normally see like in a campus environment. Um, mm. So did that for three years as a detective, so seven years total um, as a sworn police mm -hmm. officer and then went to the federal government for a year uh, where I did um, healthcare fraud investigations. So a lot of going to you know doctor's offices and doing uh, search warrants, um, documents and emails was the big thing. So that was kind of the main mm -hmm. source of evidence in that kind of white collar crime. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. after that, I went to Kroll, um, where I do instant response now. And I've been doing that for about uh, almost two years now. It'll be two years in, in March, this upcoming March. So, wow. and that's, that was a, I don't want to say a rough transition. I'll just say like, I didn't realize how much I didn't know. And so I almost felt like my first six or nine months, I had to like almost relearn a lot of things or learn a whole yeah. bunch of new things because it's a completely different world. But the digital yeah. forensics basics and essentials still apply. The principles, they still apply. It's just, it moves faster. It's just a different, yeah. knowing what's normal on a system, knowing what's not normal on a system. Like you don't really care when your main evidence is chats and pictures and videos and that sort of thing. You know, it's just a different yeah. way of looking at really the same evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's quite a broad career. Uh, like kind of, you know, all the things that you've done and experienced and, and kind of getting to where you are. It's, um, that's a lot of experience right there. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, nice. So, and, and how a, a crawl with all of the stuff that you do on the side, are they supportive of that? Mm. I know like when we spoke with Josh, he said that they were very supportive of the stuff he does for the community. And Ex Extremely supportive. Absolutely. Um, no one's ever told me not to do something. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're very supportive. They just kind of let me do my thing. And uh, I think that's one of my favorite things about being at Kroll is just the freedom. Uh, you know, let me loose. I got energy. You know, I might not have this energy in 15 years, so let me do it now. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's it. I, I, so I, I guess. So go on. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't. I didn't have anything. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say. Uh, I imagine they kind of. Uh, they sound like the kind of the kind of employer. It's kind of like right. We've, we've, we're going to work you hard, but at the same time, as long as you do the work, then the rest of the time, just do whatever you want to do. As long as you keep getting this stuff done to good the good quality that you're doing it. Correct. Almost. Correct. Yes. And that's yeah. kind of baked into like our time, you know, so we have, we're a utilization based employer. So, you know, they want a certain percentage of your time to be towards like billable client work, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of the time, yeah. I mean, you can really do whatever, whatever you want. So, you know, different people do mm. different things. You can do research, you can do study, you, you know, wh whatever it is. So, um, yeah. I use that time 
I, I use all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of bake bake all of those things together, don't you, in the kind of work that you do with the community and everything. So, yes. um, I mean, we all, I mean, I'm pretty sure that almost everyone who listens to the show are going to be aware of the DFIR Discord server. Yeah. If you, um, if and you we don't, th- then you need to get on it. Yeah, <laughs> and, we, and we thanked Andrew before starting. We just thank you again for the, yeah. that server. Has, I mention it on... Phenomenal. Every time I've run a training course, every time yeah. I've done a webinar, I always tell people about it. I always get them signed up. Um, yeah, I appreciate about it. two weeks ago, I went into university to do a guest lecture, told the students about it there, get them signed up. Um, because it's just so community-driven. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I, like, um, just before, I think it's just this afternoon before we kind of came on, on the show, um, my phone was going and there was kind of like some like kind of notifications for UK law enforcement people kind of on the DFI Discord, so asking questions about various stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fantastic that people can just feel free to just kind of reach out and speak to all these people that are, will be able to answer their questions. And, yeah, and, and, and support. I think people feel confident to ask a question there because Phil and I have spoke about it many times about imposter syndrome. And I think behind that server, people don't feel that. So yes. there doesn't feel like a, a stupid question. Right. And that's, that's kind of what we're going for. And by we, I mean, I guess I'm speaking for myself, but I mean, that's what that's the point of the server is to like eliminate that, that barrier, uh, you know, to get rid of imposter syndrome as much as you possibly can. Right. Cause it's always going to be there. I struggle with it sometimes too, but really if I think the thing with imposter syndrome, not to you know transition that subject, um, but just put yourself out there once or twice, you know, realize nothing bad happened to you. Okay. This is, this is okay. You know, just try it, just try it once yeah. or twice. And I think that's maybe where a lot of people are just kind of afraid to put themselves out there. But I think, I hope that's the warmest water available is the DFIR Discord server. Yeah. Okay, I feel the most comfortable. I'm still not comfortable, but I feel more comfortable here, and hopefully that's just enough to put someone over the edge to ask that quote-unquote stupid question. There's no such thing as stupid questions. The only stupid question is the one that goes unasked is what I say. So yeah, exactly. um, there's no stupid <clears throat> questions because we've all had that before. You know, you, the, mm. your stupid question that you've had, I'm sure I had it probably five years ago, but I remember where I came from. So... Yeah. You know, I need yeah. you to replace me someday because I would like to retire eventually. So I need to train <laughs> the future, you know, ask the question, exactly. ask the question. So yeah. to start with, a couple of questions. What made you want to start the server or what made you see the need and what has been your proudest moment from that server? Well, I think you kind of answered the first question. It was a need. Because where can we, this is back in March of 2018. So leading up to March of 2018, just a little bit of history, we were actually on Freenode on uh, IRC. And it was a mobile forensics IRC channel server. I'm not sure the exact uh, lexicon for that. I believe it's a channel. Um, I think it's channel on there. I think it's channel, yeah. Um, Mm. That was my only experience with IRC really was when we had this mobile forensics. And I think I stumbled upon it in a, maybe a teal tech Google group or something like that. But there's only about 10 of us. Um, Paul Lorenz actually being one of them from Celebrate, uh, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Okay. And so eventually there was one time when we were like sharing pictures, you know, we'd up- upload to Imgur or something like that. I'm like, I just started using Discord in my personal life, like maybe a month or so before that. I'm like, man, why do I got to take this picture, send it to my email and then upload it to Imgur and then paste the link in IRC. I'm like, there's something a little more feature rich out there. Discord. So I suggested Discord to the group, and then it was created shortly after that. It was a mobile forensics Discord. It was not a digital forensics Discord. It wasn't until about 
I'm not exactly sure, but probably maybe late 2018, maybe early 2019 when we started getting a lot more people from different backgrounds joining. It wasn't it wasn't just like law enforcement working mostly phones at the time. Um, it was we're starting to get private sector people who are working IR. We're starting to get people who are like asking questions about computer forensics, but there's only mobile forensics channels. So, you know, where the server is today is because of everyone who has joined and voiced some sort of hey, this doesn't exist, where do I ask this question? Oh, oh, that's a good idea. We should make a channel for that. Or, eh, if we make a channel for that, it might not be super active, so maybe, how about I rename this channel that's loosely related to it, and we can kind of combine the, the topics, you know, like yeah. JTAG, ISB, or ISP, you know, Flasherbox, all that stuff. Instead of having three different channels, let's just put it all in one, because it's very related, very niche, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, that's, and I would say probably the proudest moment I did probably uh, mid-2019, maybe early 2019, something like that. I did a lot of legwork in advertising. And so if you Google Digital Forensics Discord Server, which is how many people find the server, I know this because when they join, they have to say how they found it, or they don't have to say, but some of them do. I found this server by Googling, you know, DFI or Discord or yeah. Digital Forensics Discord. I basically planted a lot of seeds in a lot of areas on the internet where if you search for those terms, Digital Forensics Discord, you're pretty much going to see something I posted. And so because of that, you know, we started from three, it was three of us. There's three of us on the day it was created. I believe that was March, probably going to get it wrong, March 28th, I think, 2018. And now we're at like 8,700, something like that. Wow. There was a massive explosion, <laughs> like in, I believe it was 2019, probably with the Magnet Virtual Summit. I think I'm getting a year right. It all blends together, so I apologize if I'm one year <laughs> off. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we let you off. We went up a few thousand within like a couple months, and that was when I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay, yes. this this has now been accepted." Um, yes, yeah. And then also probably winning the the Forensic Forecast Award in 2020 and yeah. 2021. It just as like a validation, and that that's not a me winning the award. That's not me and the mod staff. That's from the mod staff and I, sorry. It's not the mod staff and I winning that award. That is the community. Like, I'm yeah. only one of 8,000 people. I don't yeah. make that server. You know, you guys do. Everyone does. I can't do it without you, just like you can't do it without me. So that was a community win. And I think that's probably, you know, not to put all my um, excitement into, like, an award, just a, a silly award show, right? Not, I mean, I love that award show, but... It was validating. It was very validating. It was like yes, sweet because yes. this is the award show for digital forensics. It won it. You know, I'm just I'm proud of the community and how it has how it has grown. So, yeah, yeah. incredibly humbling. Yes, yeah. kudos. Yeah, absolutely. And and once again, just th thank you for all the work that you do. I know you say that it is for the community, but it wouldn't have happened without the efforts of you and some of the other mods and, yeah. and stuff. So. Um, I mean, yeah, once again, tip, tip the hat to, uh, to you and all the work that you've done because you've, you've helped grow that community um, and make it what it is today. So, uh, yeah, the, the award is well-deserved, definitely oh, well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I mean, you answered one of my other questions. I was going to say why Discord, but you've already kind of gone and covered that. So um, I'm going to have to scrub that one off of my list. <laughs> I think I like to think, I like to think, and I might be, I might be kind of stepping out of turn here a little bit and I might get told off for this. I don't know. But I like to think that um, some of the work that you did and, and, and you and the other mods did with, with Discord and the amount of um, traction that it had 
possibly influence Discord to change from being a purely gaming system to because they made a big marketing campaign like last year or something, yeah. kind of saying, "Oh, we're now going to be a generic kind of platform." Um, and I, I like whether it's right or not, whether it's true or not. I like to think that part of that was down to you guys. So, <laughs> that, yeah, that would be interesting if that was the case. I'm. I have my doubts, but that would be cool, you know. Um, that would be cool, right? <laughs> we're we're a big server, but as I've come to find out, we're actually a pretty small fish. Um, there's some, there's a lot of servers out there, the game servers that are um, multiple hundreds of thousands of people, and just I think last week or two, the first server hit one million members, and I think that's a Discord. Well, um, Phil and I took part in a business charity gaming event. We did appallingly. It was Business, um, business Fives, wasn't it? Yeah, um, where basically it was a team of five into Warzone. So we humbled up a team and we didn't do very well. Um, but that was all organised yeah. on Discord. It was, yeah, it was all run on Discord, the yeah. whole thing. Um, it really is a fantastic platform. Like Even when it was yeah. gaming-centric, um, I'm just like, it just works. It's just great. I it has everything I, I need, I want, you know, it's free. And to be honest, even even vendors owe you a lot because it's almost become part of their support channels as well. Yeah. 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 reach out directly, yeah. don't they? That, that's another thing yeah. I think I'm, I'm proud of as well. Is And that's not something that was planned. That was an unintended consequence is people were effectively using that as a secondary customer service or customer support channel okay. for the various mm -hmm. vendors. And... Yeah, I would revise my answer. That's probably the thing I'm most proud of is the the interaction it, it, between vendor and customer slash examiner. Because like, right? Some yeah. sometimes yeah. it's not a customer. Sometimes it's just an examiner, but they're pinging a vendor. Um, you know, maybe examiner yeah. doesn't have that tool. I don't yeah. think before there ever was that. Um, there was always a little bit of a barrier there, right? It's always behind like a portal that you got to log into that you got to be a paying customer for. And then like, license, and then you're not yeah. just going to BS with these people. You're, you're asking a pointed question. Like the, you have an issue going on that has risen to the level of where you wanted to log in and, you know, create a ticket or go on the chat or yeah. whatever. It was worth the effort. It, yeah. Right. Like it, something yeah. really had to yeah. like, Oh, I can't do this case without, you know, solving this issue. Oh, I guess I'll, yeah. but like now this is like, a little bit of more water cooler talk between vendor and customer or end examiner. And I think that's yeah. probably the thing I'm most yeah. proud of. And, I, and I, I don't think any vendor from what I've seen has ever abused sort no. of the server either and used it in any no, way. No. It's, Everyone seems to play pretty nicely on there. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice to see from a, from a customer perspective, yeah. just kind of knowing that actually they're all there. And you can just kind of do a little kind of mention to whichever one you need yep. and kind of fire it. And, and it, not receive a hard sell. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. And and it's really not, I mean, I know there's sometimes when they're kind of like, oh, can you DM me and kind of do a direct yeah. message and all that kind of stuff. And some, you don't obviously see those conversations. But I really like it when there is just an open conversation uh, just on the different channels. And you can just kind of use the search kind of box when you when you think, oh, I wonder if anyone else has asked this before I go and ask it myself. And you can kind of search for stuff. You'll find it on there and you go, oh, yeah, that did happen. And like someone's trying to get into a specific model or make a phone and you kind of just search the model number and it'll yeah. pop up. And you go, oh, so they had that problem too. Yep. <laughs> or or they, they had that problem in 20, May of 2020. And I'm I'm yeah. searching for it today. Maybe I can go follow up with that person and say, hey, did you ever solve this? Or... You know, oh, I see they were using X tool or Y tool. I do have Y tool. Maybe I should go look and see if that profile has been updated or if there's any support, That's you know, it. like that sort of thing. Yeah. 
and or, the, or one of the vendors has replied to them and said, "Oh yeah, just use this profile." And yes. This, blah, 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 blah. And then you're yep. just like, "Oh, that's how you do it." And so it's just like this fantastic font of knowledge that's just yeah. sitting there. <laughs> it's, I think it's brilliant. It, it's awesome. I love it. It's it's and it's only going to get richer as each day goes on because Discord has unlimited yeah. search history. That was one reason why we didn't go to Slack is because it's a it's not free. Like to to make it what I would prefer it to be, it would not be free. Um, so yeah. there's that. And then, yeah, yeah, it, it's just been great. And it's only going to get better with time, which is amazing. I could do absolutely nothing with the rest of the server for the rest of my life. And that knowledge base is only going to grow as long as people continue to use the server. Yeah. And, you know, which they will. I think they will. <laughs> so. they will. Yeah. yeah. What, one thing I will, if anyone is using it, um, if you find a post that uh, you find useful, I, I mean, I always make a point of actually kind of doing a tick or kind of just an upvote or whatever, something just mm -hmm. to kind of say, yeah, thanks ever so much. That was really helpful. Just mm -hmm. just to let people know. Yeah. So, because I don't know if that many people do that or not. Sometimes maybe they just see it and move on. But I quite like to just acknowledge, like, ah, that solves my problem. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's a little bit of paying it forward too, because you know mm. they likely found something historical, so like a year ago or a few mm. months ago, and giving that little thumbs up. Maybe three months from now, someone else might you know have that same problem with that same phone for a homicide or something. And that, you know, upvote will be yeah. an indicator. Oh, this is probably the post I should look at. You know, I always think about it from the law enforcement, uh, you know, homicides and yeah. child sexually abusive material. If anything you put on there could potentially help someone working one of those cases. So by all means, share your knowledge because yeah. those are like yes. the worst things in humanity and those yeah. crimes need to go solved. And the, and the, and the thing, because it's global, mm -hmm. You can ask a question at any time of the day, yep. seven yeah. days a week, yes. and generally you get response. Yep. And law enforcement is twenty four seven, so yes, you, it is. You know, it's fantastic for that. Yeah, you can you can post something like you finish at like ten o'clock at night and just post something, and you can wake up the next morning, someone across the road, you know, across the pond, just like, oh yeah, yep. there you answered go. that. There you yeah. go. The the first thing I do when I wake up every morning is I do clear out you know notifications on my phone that accrued overnight, and of course they're Discord ones, so I. Usually, walk, yeah. I usually check every single message just because I like to just have my eyes on everything. Just because that's how I learn. Mm. That's how I just make sure no one's, you know, doing anything that's going to make us make the news, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, it, you know, the UK has a great community over there, especially law enforcement. Like anytime, like you mentioned earlier, anytime someone pings law enforcement UK, I mean, all of a sudden you got 10, 15, you know, cops or examiners that who work for various departments just chiming in and talking about ISO and all this other stuff I don't have any experience with, you know, it's fantastic. Lucky you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think Josh was saying though that he was, uh, or I've, no, I think he said he dabbled in I, he, ISO and law enforcement. He, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I do know a little bit At, where he worked previously. They did have some sort of ISO compliant, yeah. um, that's probably thing why that they had and enjoyed crawl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we wanted out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's away from my so. He's definitely a lot more familiar with it than I am, just because, and that's from experience yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago actually. Someone pinged in at law enforcement actually, and um, I I did a reply to it, and it was all around kind of ISO and documents and policy and procedure mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And and my background from when I was managing the forensic mm -hmm. lab, kind of was all around that policy process kind of boring stuff yeah <laughs> leaving everyone else to do the exciting stuff but so, um but yeah there they was they were so appreciative just kind of from I, I didn't answer the question fully but just that little bit that i could yeah. help them with and signpost them um and I, I gave them the details or kind of mentioned who they should speak to in a particular force and mm -hmm. they said oh 
actually, if you, if you go to them and ask for so-and-so, they'll be able to do, answer your question. They're like, I, oh, brilliant, yeah. Thanks. I think that's the biggest thing is, and that's why ISO wound so many people. I'm not going to go down that road, don't worry. <laughs> I think that's why it wound so many people up because you, you had, how many police forces in the UK? 43. So 43 police forces, and they all had to apply for this accreditation, and they all developed their own operating procedures, all the rest. That is crazy. Mm. Well, they're, Why they're, wasn't there just one operating procedure right. developed nationally? If they were told they weren't allowed to at the yeah. start. But the thing is, what Discord allows is for people to say, hey, have you done an operating procedure for this? Yes, here you go, I'll send it to you. And then you can just chat. You know, it's almost become template, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like people's event logs and yeah. bit for incident response, what logs... And that's where Discord and community is great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to go to your boss and say, I know that so-and-so and this other force is now doing it this yeah. way because I spoke to them last yes. night. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And this is great. And we'll do, a, we'll do a good link here. So obviously Discord mm-hmm. is a great community-based sharing I know, platform. I know where you're going with this. I and another great it. platform that you share on is GitHub. Mm-hmm. Yes. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the awesome work you're doing over there. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I work. You know, I work at Crawl. I do a lot of incident response, ransomware incidents. Uh, I do a lot with Cape because I work at Crawl. You know, Cape is our our little toy that we that Eric has created. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, that the tool itself, Cape, is not open source, but the as I call it, the ancillary files are are open source. So that's your targets and your modules for Cape. So just a quick overview of Cape. Uh, Cape, you can collect and you can parse artifacts. So targets are basically, hey, this file exists at this location. So there's a target for, you know, every single artifact that you can pretty much think of. And then modules are pretty much any command line tool you can create a module for and automate a command line, uh, a command for that, for that specific tool. So you could basically like grab a whole bunch of stuff, parse it all in one fell swoop with Cape. Is kind of how it is, and you can kind of create your own recipe. It's it's pretty awesome. So nice. On the module side, uh, Cape comes with all of Eric's tools. So the main ones I'll talk about is RECMD, EBTX ECMD, SQL ECMD, and I think I'm forgetting one. But they have their own ancillary files, which are like maps or batch files, which they use those files to like. So for instance, RECMD is the registry parser. Most of the registry is really boring. There's nothing forensically interesting. So this batch file will basically say, it's like a reverse filter in a way. It's like, whatever's in this batch file, I want you to present to me if it exists. And if it's not in this batch file, then I don't want to see it. So it's basically a curated file that has all the interesting locations in the registry. And so whenever you use CAPE or RECMD, you can point to that batch file as like, hey, this is what I want you to pull from the registry. And so that's open source. Like anyone can add to that, yeah. that uh, batch file. So I do a lot of work with that because those are the tools that I use every day. And I just mm. saw room for improvement. And I'm of one of those mindsets where, you know, if no one else is doing it, then why don't you just do it? Because, yeah. you know, like it, it doesn't, it just takes that, just showing up is half the battle. So then it's just a matter yes. of follow through. Showing up and follow through. That's that's really, it's as simple as that. So, yeah, I just kind of, I kind of ran away with that the last probably year and a half. I've done a lot of stuff with uh, RECMD, SQL ECMD, which would be SQL queries, SQL-like queries. That's a great tool uh, because that could be a good validation tool for people who do mobile forensics. I haven't really done many mobile forensics or many mobile forensic cases in the last probably two years or so. Hmm. But looking back, when I used to do phones all the time, I, w- I didn't really know much about SQLite databases at the time. You know, I was kind of, frankly, I was a button pusher back then. But now, like, I've, mm-hmm. I have, like, 60 
SQLite queries that I've written myself. Not that, that that's anything super yeah. fancy, but now like I'm comfortable in SQLite. You know, I'm very yeah, yeah. now I understand more what was on those phones back in the day when I was looking at them. I can't go back in time and you know go re-examine them and go look for you know new things or make my own queries, but you know sometimes you just got to do you know, and it's okay to fail. Yeah. It's okay to not be great at something at first and. Yes, it's really, it's yeah, really you, powerful. You only know what you know. Yeah. yeah. We, we, were, we were actually having that conversation earlier about SQLite and, and button pushing and, and kind of actually if you just take the time to learn and teach yourself just how the, this data is stored and how these applications and these devices are accessing that data and pulling yeah. it and store it and, and, and editing it, then there's so much more that you, you can understand and now, now yeah. do without necessarily relying on the forensic tool or at least be able to explain what the forensic tool is doing yeah, yeah. under the hood. It, it really is amazing. Like I've only recently demystified that for me probably within the last year. Like I think if you go look at my GitHub and see like when my first SQL ECMD um, commit was, it was probably about a year ago. So like before that, yeah. I wasn't really good at SQLite. Like I can tell you at what point in time based on my, you know, my commits on GitHub when I started getting <laughs> familiar with certain things. It, yeah. It's amazing, like, once you get the concept of SQLite or even just use a, a visual SQL builder, because that's how I learned. Like, I didn't I didn't learn by typing select by myself and then, you know, select from whatever as, you know, inner joins and left joins. No, I used, a, a like, a graphical user interface that has the checkboxes, and then I can drag a line that does the left join, and I can switch that to mm, inner I join did. if I want, and then I can test, see what it looks like, you know. I did exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then I then I just got Paul Sanderson's book, mm -hmm. yep. just to compound it, and that's almost like the Bible. His yeah, book. Sanderson's forensics, and then read the book afterwards because yeah. you get all the picture joins and everything. Don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. But yeah. there's so many open source free tools that are browser based for yeah. SQL. Yes, but yeah, I, so yeah, I think that's absolutely. I don't know if that's considered a programming language per se. It's a language, but I don't know if it's a programming language. But I feel like that's like the a gateway into potentially getting into coding because then there's certain things and syntax that you got to understand with SQLite. So it's a really great, yeah. like quick win. I think like you can, mm. it does not take very long to get good at SQLite. Obviously to master it, it would take a much longer, but to do a simple select Absolutely. left join, you know, I think Alexis has said in the past, like left join is like the, the go-to for, you know, yeah. for uh, forensics. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. yeah so much. it's not hard well, to think... string that together, you know? I, I don't. I don't think right join exists in SQLite, does it? I've never had it, one since full SQL. It's in full SQL, but not SQLite. Full SQL, yeah. I don't think right joins in SQLite. I might be wrong. Someone might be able to correct me on that one. Yeah, you, you know our Twitter account's just going to be pounded. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I'm always wrong. I'm told this a lot. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, SQLite's obviously not got the full capability of SQL. Yeah. And I think from a query language perspective, there's certain things that were left out of SQLite, so it doesn't actually past those queries, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I, I've, I'm, I'm willing to be corrected. I've, I've never had a, a right join that I could do. It always yelled at me. You know, I use Navicat to make the use the query builder, and it's always yelled at me mm -hmm. like, that's not possible. I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's yeah. just not possible. Yeah. And that's okay that I don't quite fully understand it. I know what the left join and inner join does because that works for my yeah. needs. You know, I'm, yes. I'm not going to be a, a SQL database administrator any day, anytime soon. So it's you don't have to be that level just to do you know, SQL related forensics, you know, you really, yeah. really don't. Yes. And SQLite is great too, because there's so many artifacts that are SQLite as you, I don't need to tell you guys this, you guys are mobile guys. Um, you know, browser history, most browsers, everything's Chromium nowadays. Uh, Firefox, yeah. you know, places.sqlite and there's like 15 other different 
SQLite databases. Um, Internet Explorer is yeah, pretty much exactly. the only one that you can't do, and that's just an ESE database, which you can you can't really query. You just dump. That's it. You just dump from yeah. the yeah. root. So. Yeah, I mean, so many mobile apps now are, are just web kits that are just kind of recycled and regurgitated. I mean, pretty much every mobile app that's being made now is pretty much just a Chromium web kit. Electron? Base. Like Discord's um, Electron, I know that. Yeah, 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 but yeah, Discord's Electron, and, and but they're just using all of these kind of templates. Yeah, cookie-cutter kind of app building, um, and they all have the same folder structure underneath them, mm -hmm. and then in those certain folders, you've got those SQLite yep. databases. See, we've, we've done the normal to Andrew. We've gone off at a tangent. What's happening to that GitHub? Sorry, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to hear about all the projects. Yeah, that's, what, yes. that's what I really want to get to. That's what I really want to get to. I want to hear the projects. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, Cape's a big one. And that that's a big one for me just because I use it every day. And that was also, for lack of a better term, my first love, right? It was the first one that I, I my first commit I ever did on GitHub. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was, like, shaking when I hit create pull request. You know, I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. And then once, you know, Eric merged it, I was like, oh, that was it. Okay. A couple next times were a little shaky. Oh, okay. After that, like, I'm good. I can do this. And then it was just a matter of learning the, you know, the ins and outs of each tool. So, and and that's actually going, tying in the Discord server. Um, recently created a, D, a DFI or GitHub project channel which I then created an, an organization as like a company on GitHub and I made one for the Digital Forensics Discord server geared more towards community projects within that community. So for instance, I made a repo within that organization called, what's it called? GitHub Learning Playground. So this is, a, this is one I want to I talk about. GitHub Learning Playground, you can literally do whatever you want to it. If you don't know how to do a pull request, you should change that by the end of this week. Go find this... Um, We'll find this repo, fork it. I show you how to do it. I got gifts and all that stuff. I'm known for gifts. I love gifts. They're, you know, love gifts. Oh, they're great. They're great. ShareX. Yeah. Make sure you download ShareX and use that to make your gifts. It's fantastic. Um, you can just you can add anything. You can add hi on there, and I will merge it in, just so you get those those repetitions of how to do a pull yeah. request. Um, and then once you do your fork, you know the main repo is going to keep getting added to, so yours is going to fall behind. And I show you how to fetch and up fetch from upstream, fetch and merge, because I see this with Cape a lot. People will fork mm -hmm. the Cape repo, and then two years go by, and then they try and do, you know, a pull request. It's like you're operating off of a sheet of music that's two years old, and there's been a thousand commits since then. So I lay out, you know, the fetch and the fetch upstream and merge to make sure your fork is caught up to date, and then you make your changes, and then you do your pull request and then contribute to the mm -hmm. project. So that's a literally a GitHub learning playground is what it's called. And that's what it is, is you can do whatever you want. I don't care uh, within reason, right? Within reason. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's keep it, let's keep it rated G, you know, let's, uh, let's, no, let's keep it clean, people. No, keep it clean. no nuclear launch codes. I don't need that attention, you know? Um, so I would strongly recommend if you have no idea what a pull request is, like just go look on there and learn learn about it, try it out. Yeah. Because mm. especially w with the GitHubification of DFIR, which is, I've read an article about that, I think it was like a year or two ago, something like that. So much stuff's on GitHub. It's insane. A lot of stuff's moving to there. Markdown is an awesome, again, language. Yeah. Language, I don't know if it's so much a language, but it's a syntax. It, it's a syntactical yeah. language, I guess, is a term mm. that I'll use. Um, 
it's coin the phrase coin the syntactical phrase. language. So yeah. it's it's a good thing to know. You know, you can write books in Markdown nowadays on LeanPub. It's crazy. That's pretty awesome. Um, it's good things to know. GitHub, Markdown. Yeah. They're not going away anytime soon, so that's a place to learn it. Mm. I, I keep promising myself to be to get better at GitHub. I must admit, I've I've, I've got an account on there. I've got some repos. Yeah, I've and, done it, some bits, and but I'm 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 really rusty with it. And, and I mean, you featured gonna... it on the last podcast, didn't we? With yeah. DFR Science, sort of indicating yeah. yes. how to push he, push articles. So I yep. yeah, uh, he created a great video on that, and that was yeah. I'm yes. glad he did that. Fantastic. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna rewatch that video. I'm gonna go onto the playground, uh, and I'm gonna. That's start, our homework. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some some kind of pulls and stuff. So with all this time that you have with no children, <laughs> yes, no excuses for you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll make this pledge to you now, Andrew. Before Christmas, I will do something on the playground. Do do a pull request, and I will merge it. I'll do a pull request. Uh, yeah. And then do so, another one. Yeah. And then do another one. And by the third one, you should be like, oh, that's it. Hmm. I'm, yeah, that's my homework. That's yeah. what I'm going to go and do. So if you, if you see any requests coming through from, from an account called Brew This, then that's, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and you can laugh at how silly I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would never do that. No. <laughs> it's all right. I'm thick-skinned. It's fine. <laughs> um, let's see. A couple other. There's, so there's three projects I'm working concurrently. And three more. he doesn't stop. Does oh, he? I got, he doesn't stop. More. I got, I got way more. I got way more. So these are all related. I'm excited. These are all related. Um, so I'm going to kind of slaughter his name a little bit. Nasruddin Ben Chirali, I think I got it right, is a security researcher over in on your side of the pond. Uh, him and I have uh, collaborated on a repo that he actually started called EVTX and ETW resources. And basically, Kind of the simplified explanation of what it is, is when you install Windows, there's all these different event log providers. Um, we're all familiar with like the application log, the security log, you know, all that stuff on, yeah. on Windows boxes. Well, within each of those event logs, those, those channels, as they're called, the .evtx files, sometimes there's multiple providers that log to the same file. So like the application log, for instance, is like a third party, just kind of like dumping ground. So like, you know, Sophos will dump their logs there. Symantec will, will dump their, you know, entries into that application.evtx log and whatever else you have installed, you know, that logs to an event log, it'll go to the application log. Each one of those are called a provider. So Windows ships with what I've come to find out is 800 to 900 providers per, and by default, only about 250 of them are enabled. So, like, when you go into Windows Event Viewer, you can, like, enable a log, an event log, to start logging whatever it logs. Well, the community, really the IT community, probably hasn't had visibility on, do the math, whatever 250 divided by 900 or 800 is. You know, that remainder, none of us have any idea what those event numbers are, what those event IDs yeah. are, what those event messages are. I mean, there's... Yeah. Potentially, I don't know, millions? Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot. That's, mm -hmm. that's a yeah. lot. That's, yeah. so, so there is a really good tool by Pavel. He's one of the co-authors for Windows Internals. Um, I can't remember his last name, but his first name's Pavel. And so you can go on, you can install it on your computer. You can just, it's a portable program. And you can enumerate each one of those providers. It's a really manual process, but I found a way to automate it a little bit, and it'll basically create an XML file for each of those providers that'll show, here's the event number or the event ID, here's the event message, regardless of whether or not anything has been logged with it. So, wow. so it gives you visibility on what every single Windows possible event could be. 
ever. Yeah. Like ever, regardless of whether you have it enabled or not. So those that's that's, that's what that is. So two other projects. When vanilla, <laughs> they're they're these are two of my uh, repos. So vanilla Windows reference and then vanilla Windows registry hives. So vanilla is a term I like to use for something that's just like it's just clean. It's the most plain ice cream flavor, right? So a plain yeah. Windows install, a vanilla Windows install. Right when you get to that startup screen, you're right at the desktop. Right there. That's where we're at. So I, what I do is with Nasruddin, he created a nice PowerShell one-liner to where you can effectively do a DIR listing from the receipt drive recursively on that vanilla install, and you're going to get every MD5, SHA-256, creation, modified date of what's normal. And that's, a, that's very important in instant response is knowing what's normal and what's not normal because bad guys are going to put you know, lol.dll in the program data folder, you know, and you should know that doesn't ship with Windows, yeah. you know. A, a quick shout, I mentioned that I briefly dabbled in instant response, and I think the first book I got handed when I made that transition from, like, just digital forensics was one that big on PowerShell, and it was literally get to learn PowerShell. Yeah. And that is a beast, isn't it? It is, it is a beast, but at the same time, because I'm trying to learn it now, it is very friendly in that it's plain English. It's verb, yeah. noun. That's helpful. You know, get child item, uh, move item, copy item, you know, and then you got to figure out the switches and arguments after yeah. that. But it is a very plain English yeah. language. I, I just started, yeah, I think I started like with folder creation. Mm -hmm. So if you started a new case, the so folder creation is exactly the same. Yep. And then I shared it with you, didn't you I? You've got your script, haven't yeah. you? Yep. Um, yeah. And it's just, that was how I was told to, to start learning, was just do the basics and then learn how you can just tab through. And like you say, it's just so friendly. It is. Solve a boring problem. That's what I've been doing lately. Um, because once I land the plane here on these three research projects, I did use PowerShell to automate some of the boring stuff. So yeah. uh, I'll quick finish up on this. So basically what it's going to do is it's going to generate a CSV that has a listing of every single file that is on a vanilla Windows install. And yeah. so you're going to know what, what file paths yeah. are normal, right? Um, and mm -hmm. the SHA values, the, you know, the hashes of those values, or of those files, yeah. sorry, and some of the security attributes and all that stuff. So nothing like that really exists. I think there's hash sets out there. I know there are hash sets out there, but a lot of them are in yeah. proprietary formats or yeah. they're just... I don't know, this is kind of fulfilling a need that we both kind of had. Like, this needs to exist. So it's a really arduous process. And I'll talk about registry hives, and I'll talk a little bit more about the, the process. So vanilla, red, vanilla Windows registry hives is the same thing. It's on that vanilla Windows install, right? When you get to that startup screen, you're over there on the desktop. What do the registry hives look like right now? I want to know what's normal. No one's touched them. No one's opened anything. There's nothing in the user assist because nothing's been opened. No GUI programs have been opened, anything like that. What does it look like? So I'm dumping all those to JSON. And I'm also providing the hives themselves so you can then download them, parse them yourself, see what they look like. So when you're looking at a possibly you know infected registry hive, hey, I have a Windows 10 version 1809 build 17763.123, you know, Let's go look at a baseline vanilla registry hive or a CSV recursive dump of every single file that's on the file system. Or 
let's see what event log providers are, were on that system. That, that That's more for event log research, but the vanilla registry hives and the vanilla Windows reference are really going to help like the IR, the IR crowd. So yeah. what's going to be cool about these projects is, and all three of them, they're all related, because I create a VM with the ISO for that particular version of Windows, and then I take snapshots. So first thing I do is I do vanilla Windows reference, so I'm doing that recursive that recursive dir listing using PowerShell. Once that's yeah. once that's done, then I go back to a snapshot where it's clean, and then I do the vanilla registry hives because I know for the EVTX one, I have to open two GUI tools, so that's going to create two entries for user assist and the ntuser.dat or the user class. So I don't want that. That's not vanilla, you know, and I don't want to have to keep snapshotting after every single thing that I do. So. I go through an ISO, I do all three projects, I keep a nice spreadsheet where I'm tracking my progress. I have like 200 more versions to go of, of Windows because wow. every time, you know, Windows 10, there's all the way from 1507, 1511, 160, whatever, you know, all the way through. And then there's like monthly updates right around like 1803 and yeah. 1809. I want to know what the difference is between 1803 November update and 1803 December update. I want to know. And we're going to diff that every single version of Windows as far back as PowerShell will, let, will allow me because at some point PowerShell didn't exist. You know, yeah. that's what the goal is. And it's it's an arduous process because it's very manual. But there are certain things going back to our PowerShell conversation that I can automate, such as, for instance, when I do the, the EVTX enumeration of all the providers, there's two tools I use, uh, an automated keyboard presser, which automates the enter down, enter down, enter down, that has to go 850 times in order to populate the XMLs. There's that. So I have a PowerShell script that just opens it for me, so I don't have to do the, go find it and double click. Like I throw the PowerShell script on there, right click run with PowerShell, that pops up, and the tool that I use to enumerate the providers pops up. Saves me four clicks. But over over two hundred and fifty ish ISOs that I have to create in VMware. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's gonna save me some time. So it was worth the effort. It's, yeah. It allowed me to, it's to save your sanity. Save my sanity, <laughs> and I got a little little bit better at PowerShell. Just a little bit better at PowerShell because of it. So it's a win. Um. So yeah, that's a very nice. that's a very intensive uh, process. It's something I've always wished existed. It does exist in various ways, but like there's always like one or two things that I wish were different about like the implementation of what I've seen. You know, whether it's like, okay, it's website based, but can I really just get like a CSV of all this stuff? No, you gotta query it through a search box and then it, you know, displays some pretty stuff. And that's great, but like I really just want just a CSV of just yeah. you know, and but that's not an option on that resource. Or like the hash sets, you know, they're behind a paywall, which is fine, but then when you do pay for them, they're in a proprietary format. So it's like, this is effectively going to be open source hash sets for every version of Windows theoretically ever. Yeah. You know, and at your fingertips. That's, that's yeah. huge. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is, is there anything that, uh, that the community, if there's anyone listening, that can kind of do to kind of help support that for you? Oh boy. Um, the hardest part is getting, uh, just getting the ISOs. Um, and usually, you know, you get them from Microsoft themselves through like a visual studio subscription. So I think that's probably the biggest barrier. You know, if you have those exact ISOs that I'm working off of, I mean, yeah, you can do that. Um, I think on each repo we have, how do you contribute? Like, how do you do this? But I'm not expecting anyone to help with that. That's more like 
it's a painstaking process and I'm doing it to myself just like everything else I do. Um, but I know the payoff is going to be worth it um, because I'm yeah. going to use it. You know? Yeah. So I'm like selfishly doing it for me. And he, yeah. Nasruddin's also doing it for himself. But we know that it's worthwhile because it's going to help the community. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, there's the need there. That's um, because you're in that field yes. and doing that work and you know that you need it. And then the fact that you're actually going to be offering it out to the community mm-hmm. to use as well, if anyone else is in the yeah. same situation. And to be honest, yeah. I think that's every, every time I've written a script, mm. you know, Phil and I have both said we're, we're not native at it, but I, I can write a script if a problem is causing me a pain. Yeah. And I, I will invest that time to automate it and make it go away. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And then share them with people yeah. like me who goes, I've got this problem. And I had that problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> Here's how I fixed it. So, yeah. Um, and was, it, was there another one, another I, project? I'll, I'll click through like, through? I'll, I'll run through like five more-ish. It's real, I'll make it real quick. <laughs> um, I, I compile, I have an awesome Cape repo. If you're familiar with the awesome repos on GitHub, um, there's an awesome hyphen insert topic here. Like it exists. Um, and it's basically just a compilation of all the resources about said topic. One did not exist for Cape. Obviously, I'm involved in Cape, so I have a very good lay of the land of what's out there. So I just compiled it all into a nice, awesome Cape repo. If you go to that repo, literally everything that exists on the Internet about Cape should be in that repo right there, just centralized. So nice. there's that. Um, if you do use Cape and you're listening to this, uh, make sure you use the repo that I have, the Cape Easy Tools Ancillary Updater. Cape is, it's not the easiest thing to update because there's so many different moving parts and so many dependencies on other tools, but I automated all that boring stuff for you. Use that script. I uh, just right-click run with PowerShell and you have it exactly how I configure it for myself and my everyday work at Kroll. So that's, I strongly recommend if you use Cape because I've seen people that they use Cape, but like they haven't updated in like a year, year and a half and a lot has changed in that sort of yeah. time. So mm-hmm. this automates it for you. So there's that. Nice. Um, what else? I have a DFIR regex repo, which is something that is, again, I made it for myself just because I got so sick of looking for the same regex over and over and over again. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to make a repo that's common, you know, for examiners, uh, law enforcement alike. So that is a thing, and I'm always taking pull requests on that one. I got stuff like, you know, search for base sixty four. Credit card numbers, email addresses, different hash values, you know, IP addresses, MAC addresses, passwords, phone numbers, Discord yeah. usernames, that sort of thing. So if you got something that you use, at, you know, all the time, please do a pull request to there. So it could just be centralized. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And also one that has taken off quite a bit, going back to the Digital Forensics Discord server organization, is law enforcement resources. So there is a repo that I made for people who are still in law enforcement within the server because I found um, before I made the DFI or GitHub's channel that there were just a lot of people sharing all these resources and links. And there was really no, like, to your point earlier, it's just sitting in the search, maybe buried a little Mm. bit. Why don't we just centralize this stuff? Because I know you guys in the UK, in the US, all these different countries, I know you guys use the same resources. So I created that and it's there's gotten a, quite a quite a good bit of traction, a lot of pull requests on it. There's a lot of really good resources that it's entirely pretty much police officer driven at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I've contributed very little to it, but it's geared towards law enforcement. Um, so I'll put that out there, you know, for your listeners. Um, another one that is 
a collaborative effort with someone else on the server is a DFI or glossary. So it's just a bunch of terms like, you know, Bluetooth analysis. It's like, what would you, like if you were testifying in court, how would you explain what Bluetooth is? Or how would you explain what chain of custody is? Or what encryption is? Ideally, it would have those definitions or alternate definitions. Because there were some yeah. discussions recently like, hey, how would someone, how would someone define whatever the term was? And there were like two different responses. And both yeah. were right. But I'm, I was, it's a bit like the, the, the sand paper that was that was written mm-hmm. by Heather and um, other people from within the industry. It's, it's about getting those accepted terms. But like you say, the, the glossary is a great thing because I used to include a glossary in every report that I put into court. Sure. Yep. So then literally the judge, if, if they weren't au fait with it, they could just refer to the back of the report with a glossary and it would explain it. But I suppose, like you say, two people could totally have different sort of explanations of yep. what... So that's another great resource. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know that was. And we're not we're not there yet because right now we only have one definition for each term. But ideally, I would like multiple definitions for you know terms that warrant it. Right? It's not like I'm only going to be happy if there's three definitions for each term. Some just don't need it. Right? Some terms are just what they are, and the definition that's there yeah. is fine. And and not only that, things things are also different across the pond yes. with you guys yeah. compared to us. Like I know Sarah Edwards always freaks out with Apple calling them. Um, <laughs> She always has to do the queries with the torch. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's a flashlight. Uh, yeah. It's a torch in the UK. So, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And, and in the military, it's a moonbeam. Moon a moonbeam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least in the Marine Corps, I'll, I'll say that. So, um, and, and yeah, to your point about, you know, the, the different regions of the world having different definitions, that was kind of the point of it, too, is like, you know, the law, law enforcement UK people are super active on, on the server, so... This would benefit them, but also to see for you know us in the U.S. What definitions are you guys using, and then vice versa? Yeah. You can kind of like you know compare notes a little bit. And I don't really know if there's any centralized place where that exists currently. So that's kind of what. Yeah. Again, everything's based on a need. You know. Yeah. I feel like this needs to exist. I feel like the you know the U.K. and the ISO world and you know the U.S. and other regions, of course, right. Just a central area like, hey, for examination, here's the U.S. definition. Hey, here's the U.K. ISO definition. Hey, here's some random definition from Swiss police or something. Australia, you know, like it would be really cool to have that just centralized. And we're not quite there yet, but that was the intent behind this. That's that's a it's a really good point, because you've got, especially with cybercrime and, and, and kind of digital crime in general we're getting so many more international investigations where you've got yeah. collaborations between different law enforcement bodies and different governments and things like that and and everyone will be using their different terms yeah. and their different language kind of colloquialism, colloquialisms <laughs> and things like that so yeah i think having a central point where you can almost kind of like cross-reference them so it's mm-hmm. like oh this is actually the same as this one it's just this one's used in the u.s and this one's used in the uk but they actually yes. mean the same thing yeah. and so people can search for their term, but they can actually see, oh, no, actually, so-and-so across the pond, they, yeah, they, they were using yeah. that term. And I, I know when I've done webinars, I've spoken to my colleagues in the US who are ex-law enforcement, and I've mm. sort of said, look, I'm going to talk about this. Is this correct for your... Yeah, Because yeah, it's yeah. different. You, you know, the way we do warrants here in the UK is different sure. in the US. Like, when we get a warrant to enter an address in the UK, we can pretty much... Pretty much sees anything yeah. in that property. We don't have to go with a warrant for a crime and just right. seize that stuff. If we go in and see another offence, we're taking that as well. Sure. We don't... So it's just learning the different... And I've really enjoyed that. 
since mm. I've sort of left law enforcement. I've enjoyed it's seeing that global, mm. and that's going back to Discord. I like seeing it on there as well. Yes, I, I do too. I'm no longer a cop, but I you know watch from afar. I admire from far. You know, wish I could still fight the good fight, but you know I'm living yeah. living vicariously <laughs> through the, through them all. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think we're still fighting it by helping. Yeah, 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 we are. It's just uh, yep, a little bit further distance. distance. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Helping from the sidelines. Yep. Rather than being <laughs> yeah. the Absolutely. And that that's really what drives me too, as well. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing, amazing. Uh, uh, we've got your GitHub repo link. Um, well, not the repo link. We've got your GitHub account link uh, yeah. that everyone can access. What I think we'll probably do is if we get the different breakdown links Definitely, for the different yeah. repos, mm -hmm. we'll put all of those into the description for everybody to be able to find and see um, and contribute, hopefully contribute. Yeah. If you're not sure how to contribute, go to the learning playground, yes. yeah. like I'm going to do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and give it a go and, and give it yeah. a try. Um, and if you want the instruction on how to do it, Go to DFIR Science, Science for the video. Watch the video, which is pinned in it's, which is pinned in the DFIR GitHub channel on Discord. So I know it's kind of gotten you know moved up off the the most recent post, but mm. I pinned it there. So nice. It'll so always be there. So go to DF, DFIR Discord. Go to the video. Go to the repos. Yeah. Just, it's all, all linked together. All you gotta do is show up and follow through. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Like you were saying. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna. That might have been simple. The title of the show. <laughs> Show off simple. And follow through. Yeah, that's a good title for the for yeah. this episode. You know, going, real quick, kind of touching on that. Going back to the military, I had a well, my team leader while we were overseas. You know, towards the end of our our careers, our time in the military, that's when you have the most medals, right? Is towards the end, and he told me very famously, like, all my medals are for perfect attendance. I just showed up, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you did, because if nice. you didn't show up, you yeah. wouldn't have gotten them. You know, whether that combat action ribbon or that, you know, Navy Achievement Medal, you had to show up. Yeah. And he followed through. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Decided. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like it. As long as no one reads into it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going down a yeah, UK tangent. Uh, <laughs> follow through. Yeah. Yeah. No. Have, have you heard that one? No. No. Yeah, no, I won't go there. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Right. We're going to keep it clean. All right. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you off. <laughs> this is where I get told off. This is where I get, yeah, reprimanded later on. <laughs> um, I'm going to use my favorite phrase and say I'm conscious of time because yeah. uh, we are just approaching the hour mark. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, Andrew. Thank you ever so much for giving the time and, and uh, telling us all about all the different things you're doing in the community and for all of the things you do for the community yeah. as well. Um, I think I, we both speak on behalf of, of so many other people to say we couldn't do it without you. So please keep doing what you're doing and um, yes, keep being the, the awesome legend that you are. Oh, thanks. I, I just, I just want <laughs> yeah. to leave things better than I found them. It's really yeah. about it. Uh, that's awesome. That's all it is. You've, you've, I think you've already you've already achieved that, and uh, just everything else is now a bonus. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, Appreciate so it. No, thank you. No, we mean it. Mean it absolutely. So, but is it before we kind of close out? Um, I mean, we're not done with you yet. We are. I mean, we're going to close this segment, but we're not done with you yet. Uh, but is there anything else you want to kind of just kind of throw out there, or kind of throw out to the to the listeners, or anything? Or? I, I'll just reiterate, GitHub. You really should learn that if you're doing forensics. There's so many resources there. You have something to contribute, even if it's as simple, I'm serious, as a spelling error. That Just doing that, that's kind of what I first started out with was 
you know, just a spelling error. Oh, I'm on a Microsoft documentation because all Microsoft documentation is on GitHub. Like that's the back end of it. Um, if you find a spelling error, you can do a pull request and yeah, it's got to be reviewed by three or four people, but you've contributed and then you've, you've yeah. learned the repetition of how to contribute to someone else's project. Just if you don't know what you're doing, just go on GitHub, make an account, find a spelling error and fumble the way through, you know, just, just correcting a spelling error. You don't even need to know how to code. You know, you don't need to understand syntax. Just sim simple. So much stuff is, doesn't require coding. It just requires just again, showing up, following through, and just sharing what you know, you know, yeah. you do have something yeah. to contribute. So I really want to hammer that home because I, I, we've had good traction with, um, you know, the efforts recently with getting people to contribute on GitHub and more people are doing pull requests mm -hmm. I've never seen before. Um, and I would like to see that continue. So, and I think we will be able to create more community contributors like, you know, the Alexis Brignonis, the, the Josh Hickmans. There's more of those out there. They just don't yes. know it yet. And once they do yeah. their first one, they're going to be like, it's going to click. You're going to get your aha moment. And then you're going to go down a rabbit hole. And then you're going to realize the more I know, the more I don't know. And then you'll, then you'll back, you'll back out a little bit and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to stick to this, but it's still an amazing contribution because that's more than what 95% people do. So yeah. yeah, simple fact of the matter. So yeah, nice. there we go. That's awesome sign off. As, as Andrew has said, show up, follow through. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, thank you again, uh, Andrew. Um, really, really appreciate it. It's been great chatting with you. Um, Likewise. And really appreciate you giving the time. So so thank you very much. And uh, But don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <Yep. laughs> thank you. Such a lovely bloke. And I thought I was busy. He <laughs> <laughs> was very, very busy. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. There's nice. just so much stuff going on. Yeah. It's just so many fingers and so many pies. I, I think he described it really well. He's buzzing with this energy and yeah. just let him spend it. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, just yeah. let him, just kind of give him the freedom to go off and do it. Um, I just yeah. wish I had that energy. I know, so I've got I. so many great ideas in here. <laughs> and I think the biggest lesson is, even if I can just go and do a spell check on it, yeah, I, I, then I'm, I'm going to do my part. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, because you are very good at checking, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm quite excited. So Andrew may regret inviting you to that little chat. I have been described, especially with my training days, I've been described as a like frustrated teacher who got my red pen out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Andrew, you may have unleashed a beast. <laughs> Seriously, please don't hate me. <laughs> don't block me, please. But we did manage to convince Andrew... Give us a faux pas, didn't we? We did. There was no, it's not under duress. There was no, no, no. Uh, yeah, it was voluntarily given. So, um, shall we have a listen? Let's have a listen. Let's have a listen. See what he said with his faux pas. Okay, and we are back. Yeah. We are back for our, well, I think, it, well, it's my favourite part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our forensic faux pas. Um, so, for those of you who have never heard uh, the forensic faux pas or not watched the show before or listened to the show, um, forensic faux pas is where we like to encourage, and not under duress, not under duress, we're not pressured, no. we're not forced, we've not kind of put a gun to Andrew's head, kind of said, <laughs> you have to tell us something, it's all voluntary. <laughs> So we, we try to encourage our guests 
um, to to share um, maybe some experience where forensics or incident response or cyber has has not quite gone to plan. Yeah, and lessons have been learned. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Um, so anyone who's new to the industry or kind of just kind of starting out in their digital forensics career, um, just to reassure you that this stuff does happen. So when it inevitably happens to you, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all done it. <laughs> That's the idea behind it anyway. So um, without further ado, um, Andrew, we understand that you do have a forensic faux pas for us. Uh, so whenever you're ready, fire away. Enlighten us with what, what your words of wisdom. <laughs> sure. So I'll tell a story. It'll be very vague on purpose just because it was from my time uh, in law enforcement working a very sensitive case. Um, it was related to child sexually abusive material. So we were conducting a search warrant at the suspect's house um, to look for said child sexually abusive material. Uh, we were in the suspect's house for probably about eight hours or so, you know, looking through everything, you know, per the search warrant. Um, but we didn't, by the end of, you know, when our search was complete, we didn't have, we didn't find really anything, any, you know, digital evidence that was going to yield what we were looking for, yeah. what the search warrant yeah. was for. So while we were on scene, you know, we had officers standing outside of the house just as like a general security, you know, uniformed officers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will caveat say they have no forensic training whatsoever yeah. at yeah. all. Not, not the most techie people with all due respect. Um, but once the search was done and we were packing up and leaving, uh, one of them made an observation and said, hey, the trash has not been taken out yet. It's like almost four o'clock. It's amazing that the trash is still here. Has anyone looked in the trash? And <laughs> we all looked at each other. And we're like, no. Wait a minute. There's so, trash. <laughs> yeah. You probably know where the story's going. Guess what was in the trash? So we, we pull the trash. We find some some uh, evidence, you know, some hard drives. And that had what we were looking for. Lots Just of it. in the trash. So. Right. So <laughs> as simple as that, you know, sometimes you get a little tunnel visioned, mm -hmm. you know, um, w without that officer with no forensic training whatsoever, we never would have found the forensic evidence. Yeah. yeah. You know, because they were able to take take a step back, see the forest for the trees. Yep. Hey, did anyone do this? Simple question. Yeah. No, we've been here for eight hours. No one ever thought of it. <laughs> oh, well, I've been I've been staring at it all day, you know. So, so it kind of goes back to you know the earlier segment where like, even if you think you have nothing to contribute, you can still contribute. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know. So kind of tie in that lesson a little bit. Yeah. Um, again, very broad, very vague story on purpose, but <laughs> I like that, that was a like, yeah. I, I, I like that. it. It's, yeah. It's, Simple yeah. but effective. <laughs> yeah, it's just got yeah, this really image of someone going, Does anyone, yeah. anyone check that? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, you've, you've teared up 99% of the property, except that's the 1%, yeah. and that's where and it's just, everything just is. Just contracts was yeah. lying in there. Just... Yeah, that's I mean, it. And yeah. they are simple lessons. Like I remember one yeah. of the ones that I always used to sort of advocate is always right when you seize like a suspect's phone or computer and you, you want to seize their most up-to-date one of course you do because mm -hmm. you know we don't want to investigate sure. every device mm. but if they have got an old one there bring that as well because that pin or that password can probably be cracked and i can guarantee you yes. they're still using the same one yeah sure you know and these are just all these little lessons that sometimes you get so sort of your mindset on scanning mm -hmm. through walls 
you know, looking in lofts, Take and off door panels. panels, and yeah, 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 and there it was in the trash. Yeah. So. Did you did you check the trash? Like, <laughs> oh wait, whose yeah. who's job was that? Who's going to check the trash? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's pointing fingers. Hey, I thought you were doing that. I thought you were yeah. doing. It. I thought you would have thought to do that. No one did. So I'm just imagining it almost like a some kind of cop show, like sketch show, just comedy sketch show. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and, that, and that officer was probably watching you guys sweating. Looking through every part of the house, thinking, "I know it's in the trash." Yeah, I'll tell them at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a miracle that the trash didn't come earlier yeah. that day. I, yeah. you know, I don't know if the if the the trash truck just didn't bother with that one because of you know cars being outside the house, yeah. or I don't know what it is, but. We were very lucky at four o'clock in the afternoon to have trash delivery because my trash comes at like seven in the morning. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, that's, you know. that's the one time that you're actually happy about the inefficiency of local councils. And- yeah. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, that would be my my forensic no, that's perfect. Like it. Thank you ever so much for sharing that with us. Um, I like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely going mm-hmm. in the library. <laughs> we keep thinking. We keep thinking that at the end of the series, we're going to have like a best of maybe thing and get people to vote well, on them. Definitely sure. a gift can be created out of that one. Yes. That's the, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A gift can be created out of anything, yeah, you know. Definitely. <laughs> we need to find something or create a gift, yeah, yeah. for the trash. Yeah. I think we need to get you looking in some trash now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll do yeah. that. <laughs> you, he's he's volunteering you to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell he used to be a sergeant, and I was just the, the lower rank. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Don't stop. I like the I like the knife hand too. I don't know if that was a military thing. I know that's a that's a thing here in the Marine Corps. That yeah, when you're given commands. <laughs> well rehearsed. Learn that sergeant school. <laughs> that's right. Brilliant. Well, um, thank you once again, Andrew, for your time. Yes. Um, we know you're going to be very busy and spoke about it in the news section log for Jay so we know you're going to be busy yes that. yeah when that does eventually hit then uh, we wish you all the luck <laughs> best of luck with it <laughs> awesome guys yeah, thanks very much Andrew well, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah, and, thank uh, you. Yeah, you you take care and hopefully we'll speak soon sounds good all right. All right. take care guys be safe take care bye bye yeah, it was a good one in the trash <laughs> in the trash yeah. come on <laughs> The hero of the day, day yeah. was the uniformed officer standing yep. outside. Which generally they are. Yes, absolute heroes, every single one of them. So, yeah, um, yeah I like that. Yeah, I like it. Very it's just good, good lesson learned. Yeah, it's a good lesson learned. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I like it. Um, I, I think it's, it should go down as uh, digital awareness for officers. Yeah. Not that you don't necessarily have to have the uh, knowledge of forensics, but the digital awareness yeah. of what's out there and what could be possible. Yeah. So well, I'm just having that wider picture. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. we all get tunnel vision. We do. We do. And I'm an advocate of that when people start investigations mm. in digital or any sort of investigation. It's very easy to get drawn down a rabbit hole and yeah. get that tunnel vision. Yeah. So um, take that step back. Kind yeah. Of bigger picture, kind of like, right. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, whoever that was, well done. Yeah, kudos. Yeah, like it. Um, I think that's yeah. that's us done. It, it is. Um, yeah, we've, we've tried to be aware of the time. We have. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have. 
Um, but uh, to, to everybody who's been listening um, and dialing in to us, you know, not just today, but to all the shows up until to now, thank you ever so much. Um, yeah. We do it for you. We really appreciate all your support and feedback. Have you got any thoughts or feedback you want to send us? Yeah. Send them in. Um, Good or bad, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's welcome to hear if we can improve it in any way. Um, we're aware this episode is going to have a few extra sounds going on from outside because as Phil said we're in a different recording area um, a few so sirens a few sirens and stuff I'll do my best to edit them out um, there's somebody who works co-host works in Sweden mm-hmm. he, he he likes picking me up on our sounds hence why we're for those of you with video we've got our microphone on a nice soft mat to, to do yes to um, but yeah so, too much. so any sort of good bad please feel you know just mm. let us know because it, it always helps and you're going to ask me what the email address is aren't you I am really or Twitter should, I really should prepare for this shouldn't I so Twitter is chewing the fat pod uh, yes uh, and we have um, no that's the wrong one but that yeah one. podcast dot ctf at gmail dot com there we go there we go um, but yeah and that just leaves us to Obviously, we're going to release this just for the holidays. So, for mm-hmm. those of you who do get to take some time off, use it, relax, um, yes. have a very happy holidays, yes. enjoy the time with your loved ones and family and friends. Yeah, and if you are um, having to to work over the holidays, um, as you know, so many people in our industry do uh, appreciate, it. we've we've done it in the past. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have to work, um, stay safe out there um, and and try not to to overdo it. Uh, kind of enjoy what time you can. Yeah. So, um, we and you've now got a podcast to listen to. You do. Yeah. You do exactly. So um, um, have a, have a listen. Um, also, um, we did mention it earlier in the show, um, but kind of we mentioned about the forensic forecast awards. Um, putting any nomination aside, yeah, completely. It's not, yeah, not, not for, it's not, not for us at all. Um, genuinely, it's it's a fantastic um, award. Um, kind of series and, and there's there's so many great nominations that go out there so if, you, if you're not familiar with it um, and you're in no way <laughs> not encouraging anyone to necessarily vote for us in any way shape or form um, we're, you know we're just happy to have been mentioned but um, go out there and, and go and have a listen to, to, to the other shows the other podcasts um, go and have a look at some of the tools um, yeah, some of the great work that's been done by DFR Science by Josh Hickman yeah. you, you know th- there's too many to, to sit here and name now but absolutely if but, you want to say thank you mm. a forensic for you, you heard it from Andrew yeah. in regards to the DFR Discord how much that men receiving that award yeah yeah. So that validation that they, it gave him and the other mods and stuff for the, yeah. the server and things. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it's all run off of community nominations and support. So go and uh, have a look, check it out. Uh, and if you if you get the time, cast some votes yeah. um, and enjoy it. Um, and, yeah, on that note, note, we will see you next year. Yeah, we'll see you in 2022. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.